This episode is brought to you by Paid Memberships Pro. Well, actually, it's their other product, Sitewide Sales at SitewideSales.com. It's a complete Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and Flash Sales tool for WooCommerce or Paid Memberships Pro. Before you know it, the deal day holidays will be fast upon us and you want to prepare your WooCommerce or Paid Memberships Pro website with the Sitewide Sales plugin. Use it to make custom sale banners, targeted landing pages, or apply discounts automatically in the cart. Use it to track the performance of all of these promotional features using their reporting feature, which will paint the picture of your Black Friday and holiday shopping sales. Use it to help make your WooCommerce or Paid Memberships Pro store more money. Get the first 30 days for free, and then it's an easy $49 a year. Check out sitewidesales.com. That's sitewidesales.com to make more money this holiday sale season. Let me tell you about creatorcourses.com slash Matt and how you can save 20% off using code Matt to grab a hold of the great courses instructed by none other than Joe Casabona. So what can you get from creatorcourses.com slash Matt? Courses to help business owners create stuff with absolutely no code. Learn how to build a website using Beaver Builder, Gutenberg, or both. And that's not all. Visit creatorcourses.com slash Matt and save 20% off Joe's other courses on PHP, full site editing, and my two favorites, podcasting and automation. I think learning the automation stuff is well worth the ticket in my eyes. Go to creatorcourses.com slash Matt right now. Seriously, stop the podcast and use code Matt at checkout to save 20% off. That's creatorcourses.com slash Matt and use code Matt to save 20% off today. Is there ever a right time to start a business? We could subscribe to every podcast, take every online course, thumbs up every video Troy Dean puts on Facebook, and we still wouldn't be 100% ready. Imagine having a full-time job, peddling your small piece of software on the side. Before you know it, it's making 500 to 1500 a month in sales. If you dedicated more time, you could turn it into an almost full-time gig. But when? If you dedicate more time to it, Where do you focus that precious resource? Travis Lopes just made that leap from full-time at Rocket Genius, the makers of Gravity Forms, to run his own software business, ForGravity.com. He'll take us down or up the decision tree on how he weighed the opportunity ahead of him. Also, what about building for a niche product within a niche product? We're going to learn all about that stuff first. You're listening to The Matt Report, a podcast for the resilient digital business builder. Subscribe to the newsletter at mattreport.com slash subscribe and follow the podcast on Apple. Spotify, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Better yet, please share this episode on social media because we'd love more listeners around here. Okay, let's get into the conversation with Travis. Uh, you run a website called foregravity.com. It's a fantastic looking website. I don't even have this down on my in my show notes. Did you design this yourself? No, I wish I could take credit for that. That's actually a designer I work with frequently, Matt Bumby. He doesn't do much in the WordPress space, but the stuff he's done is pretty stellar. He also does a lot of our UX work, and he actually is the designer behind the WP Fusion website. Ah, yes. Yeah, so I got one of him, yeah. It's a fantastic looking website. Now, you've just concluded a almost six and a half year stint at Rocket Genius, right? Yes. Very long stint. That's where you <laughs> that's where you got uh, a lot of this insight into the gravity world. I'm excited to talk about the the world of gravity forms. I know it. I mean, obviously I know it. It's one of the longest standing premium plugins that I uh, happily 
see go through my PayPal every January is when my license renews. That's a pl uh, plugin that, that I love, a form pl plugin that I love, been using it again forever. But I'm excited to talk about like the world within the world of WordPress and the opportunities in that space. But for folks who don't know, what, what were you doing for six and a half years at Gravity Forms? So for the first uh, five years or so at Gravity Forms, I was working on the product team. Primarily, I came in prior to me joining I was working at a just another WordPress agency building out some websites. We'd been using Gravity Forms a bit. I saw them put up a job posting for a plugin developer. They were looking for full-time, part-time, or even contract work. So I messaged Carl Hancock and I'm like, hey, I'm not looking for a full-time thing right now, but I'd be interested in some contract work. So we built two add-ons out and it went well, but nothing really came of it until a few uh, months later in January, he reached out to me and asked him like, hey, I'm actually interested in a full-time job. So I ended up joining the Rocket Genius team in March of 2015, spent the first few years like uh, doubling the size of our add-on library. And then from there, just working uh, on the main product itself and pushing through a lot of those major updates. And then last year with with For Gravity needing a little more of my attention, I took a step back from the product team and joined the newly formed at the time web team to help work on our web properties. The world of, of Gravity Forms, of course, being one of the, is it the first or not, or at least one of the first premium uh, form plugins for WordPress. Am I getting that right? I'm, I'm pretty sure I am, but. I would say it's the first. I honestly wasn't like into the WordPress zeitgeist like yep. to that level at the time. So I, I would not be willing to like put pen to paper on that one. <laughs> I, think, I think it is. I, I don't recall another form plugin at the time that was either being marketed or had an expansive add-on uh, library, even at the time that I purchased it, which was many, many years ago at this point. Add-ons, fairly, well, let's talk about add-ons. Let's talk about add-ons from the sense of it's a great marketing tool and a great feature set tool. When you were sort of, leading that side of it, uh, if you will. How did you pick which add-ons to create, to market, to include? I'm sure people were throwing everything at you. They wanted add-ons for everything to get to get Gravity Forms to work with. How did you manage that for, at Gravity Forms? It, it was a mix like at the beginning, cause like I was coming in kind of fresh. There was definitely like a feature board we had of just like, hey, here's here are things that we see frequently. And it would definitely be a, a process of like, hey, I'm gonna work on an email marketing one, so let me just grab like five of the email marketing ones because these mainly operate the same. They're just different APIs. Let's just like do five of them at a time and like knock them out. But from there, like it sort of went to like, as I understood Gravity Forms better and understood the user base better, better. Uh, there's the, the New England accent coming out of it. <laughs> so better. Yeah, so better. Just like getting to kind of pick and choose myself and pitching ideas for like what I thought were good add-ons. Like one of them did two, the two checkout add-on actually came from being out at WordCamp Costa Rica and hearing from uh, a lot of the, the attendees there at the WordCamp that our payment gateway offerings just didn't work for them because like PayPal, Stripe, Authorize.net, they just don't operate down in Costa Rica. So I was able to find like two checkout that does work in Costa Rica and like within like two or three months we had that thing launch. The but I think what a lot of people don't understand, especially new developers or even non-technical founders like like I am, when, when I started my first few handful of plugins, we were doing add-ons and a lot, and I was just like, yeah, let's do an add-on for everything. You forget, 
the technical overhead that follows you for yes. every add-on, which is it's such an easy trap to fall into because you're like, hey, it's just a couple API requests. We connect, we you know, API key, and we're off to the races. But then, but then like, you two, forget, like right. it's like two and a half years later. I haven't worked with that API in a while, and now they're emailing us because now we got to use OAuth. Yeah. And like, first, I got to figure out how to integrate with OAuth, and like now we're up against the clock because if we don't change soon, like everybody's websites are going to stop working. How did how do you balance that, and how do you balance the usage of an add-on? And this is what it's, what it's going to hopefully transition into what you're doing with For Gravity, and and sort of how you've made that leap to understand. Okay, maybe this year all of a sudden everybody wants Mailchimp, and then next year everybody wants ConvertKit, and then there's a trend moving around. How do you say this add-on's worth keeping on in the stable of add-ons? How do you manage the overall overhead of of doing an add-on based WordPress plugin? Yeah, for the for the most part, Rocket Genius hasn't really retired any add-ons outside of like a service like HiRise, for instance, a CRM that uh, Thirty Seven Signals now Basecamp made. Uh, they retired the service, so we retired the add-on because no you use no new users could sign up. So why continue to to offer? But for the most part, it was just there are like the original add-ons are still going to this day because you don't want to yeah. leave. Even if it's not like a highly successful add-on, you don't want to leave people who did sign up. Maybe they signed up for Gravity Forms just for a specific add-on. Mm. You don't want to like get rid of it six months down the line because maybe it's not performing how you liked and then mm. lose those customers. Mm-hmm. How did you even balance whether or not you wanted to create an ad? Like, did you need a certain number of user requests to say that this add-on is valid for us to develop? Which I guess almost goes into, again, back to for gravity, how you even do market research to create your own add-ons for Gravity Forms moving forward. Like, how are you doing the market research to say that 10 people is enough to say yes, or 100 people is enough to say yes to, to create something? From the Rocket Genius side of it, it was like a mix of like you would hear enough, like you would see enough comments logged in like a, a backend uh, ticket of like, hey, mm-hmm. people are requesting it that like it bubbles itself up and like it needs to be addressed. But like some of how we were operating there back in the day was just like kind of by intuition and, and interest. So it wouldn't necessarily be that like a lot of people requested something. It, it was just something we felt that was right to do. Which is somewhat similar to what I do with For Gravity. So like a lot of our, and I might be jumping ahead a little bit, but like the core products started out as client projects I actually did. Mm-hmm. And client projects were like, if I spent a little time thinking about like the, the Gravity Form user base out there, I could see like, yes, this actually applies to more than just this one person. More than this client that I'm working with has the need for this this product. And so like I ended up just taking a few client projects and just polishing them up a little bit so that they were more customizable and a little more stable because of because of the changes and just putting them out there as our, our first first suite of products. So foregravity.com is home to what I'll call three three products, three sub products, three add-ons to right, to gravity forms if you will. Entry automation, fillable PDFs, advanced permissions. You're building this in tandem while at Rocket Genius. Did Carl ever say to you, hey, man, how about you build that for us, for an add-on for here? How did you make that delineation between product you're working on versus product at Rocket Genius? It was, it's definitely easy to tell, like, when when you're in it, what interest the company has. Like, something like Global PDFs, for instance. 
like I saw the need for it quite a bit with, with the clients I was working with in the past. And I actually brought up doing it, but Rocket Genius, like they had no interest in that, which is cool. Like that allows me to go off and like build this, this awesome thing myself. Because like some of like something like fillable PDFs, like yes, people have a need for generating PDFs or form submissions, but not necessarily enough people to justify the kind of time and effort spent by Rocket Genius to build that out when there's like 50 to 70 other things that could be done right now. Right. Right. The And I'm sure the request is, was there a top sort of... Uh, or at least the stuff that you can that you can disclose publicly. Was there a top add-on that was like just taking all the attention or the biggest brain share of the team? Was it? I'm assuming it's like the Mailchimp's, the convert kits of the world, or is it? Is it something different? It's it's more the payment add-ons because there's a lot of complications in general subscriptions and stuff. Generally, the, like your your mailing marketing ones, they're like very easy to set up and like let them be until somebody writes in that it broke. Right. Because right. they just do one thing. Hmm. Yeah. Rather than like with the payment add-on, you have like subscriptions, but you also have people doing crazy like filtering on like prices or they want to do some crazy like shipping and discount and taxes. And it, it gets very complicated very quickly. Yeah. So you have a, a unique advantage, right? You're seeing, well, you're seeing the inner workings of, of rocket genius of gravity forms you're seeing the interest you're seeing the customer requests i assume it's uh perfectly fine for you to go out and build products otherwise carl probably would have said something years ago <laughs> while you're there you're building this stuff up and you're and you're getting a feel for like where this market is going i ask this question of a lot of people who in like even when you when you zoom out and you look at WordPress at large, WordPress itself is not our, I'm using air quotes, people can't see me. This one's not being recorded on video. I'm using uh, air quotes. This is not our playground, right? We're actually building a plat building onto a platform, if you will, with WordPress and plugins. Like there's some things that could change that could really alter the way that we make a living with this stuff. You're doing it a playground within a playground within a playground almost. Right? It's using gravity forms yeah. attached to WordPress. You're building add-ons for gravity forms. How did you sort of gauge, all right, well, maybe I should be doing these add-ons for everybody. Maybe I should be doing it for Ninja forms, for WP forms. Maybe that's a future goal of yours, but how did you say what gravity forms has the biggest biggest momentum here in the market? How did you How did you see that or how do you feel about that? Well, it's not just that gravity forms has like the momentum in the market, it's that it's really built to be extensible, mm. which is what I see. Like I see Gravity Forms less as a form builder plugin and more as a, a platform that form building is just like the data intake tool. And then what's the really powerful part of Gravity Forms is what you do once you get that data, whether it's running complex workflows to like route those uh, submissions to different people, pushing it to your CRM, like doing payments, like it's more than just like a contact form. Yeah. And like that's where like a lot of the, the, the power is. And like the interest for me, of course, is like I work on Gravity Forms every day. I understand it inside and out. Like it may, it's much quicker for me to develop something for Gravity Forms than for WP Forms or Ninja Forms just because I know where all the filters live. Like I know where the hooks are. I know the design language very well. It's something I can integrate with easily and make what I build feel like a first party uh, experience. Talk to me about the early days of getting this started. What was the first moment where you 
kind of realize you you had something here. I'm sure the website didn't look the way it was. I'm sure your marketing messaging wasn't as sharp as it, as it is today. Give me the give us the insight of what the early days looked like and when that moment crossed your mind and said, you know what? Yeah, th- th- this is something. Like I, I think I can turn this into a into a business. I think it was kind of like once I hit the end of the first year and saw like, okay, the revenue, I think it was like twelve or thirteen thousand. I'm like, this seems okay. This seems like something I can build upon. And like even this is twelve or thirteen thousand ARR, so about a thousand bucks a month. Yeah, and like the product suite that you see available today is not what I started with. So there were two. Uh, so Entry Automation Exist was one of our our first products. There was also uh, Easy Pass Through and Live Population. Just very quick on it. Easy Pass Through would allow you to pre-populate uh, form data from one form submission to another, and Live Population would kind of do like a type form thing where like. Someone could type their name into a field and then like you put their name into a, like a form field label later on. Mm-hmm. Those both came out of client projects and they were doing pretty well, except they generated way too many support requests to like be worthwhile in the long term. Mm. And, and and then you start you start looking at the, the income coming in. What was your marketing or how are you getting to grow the business back then in the early stages? A lot of it was just like, just literally having pages that describe what the products did and just word of mouth recommendations within the community and and from Gravity Form support themselves. Like I always knew back then that like SEO content would be like very good for us, but could I actually write a good piece of SEO content? Absolutely not. Like just like just getting to twelve thousand uh, that first year was just kind of luck within and of itself. And why do why don't you think you could you could do the SEO stuff? It just I I can't write long form content in that way. It's just it's yeah. just not in my DNA. Yeah, which is why I've happily subbed it out to, to someone else, which we'll, <laughs> I'm sure we'll get to later. Yeah, so you identify those those weaknesses early on. How did you start to to double down on on revenue or marketing message? What came next after you said, "Okay, I think this is a real business"? Do you remember what chapter two looked like for you when you said, "Okay, I'm going to get serious"? Did you turn to marketing first and say, "Okay, we we'll get sharper with marketing, we we'll get that SEO on board," or did you double down on launching new products and features to expand your existing customer set? 2019 was kind of the pivotal year where both of those happened. I believe it was 2019. Yeah, I was looking to uh, fillable PDFs had launched at that point already. I was looking to launch the advanced permissions product. But I was looking at the product suite and entry automation, fillable PDFs, advanced permissions are more workflow based. They're more advanced user focused. Easy pass through and live population didn't really fit into that. And so like I started like looking at that, like I started to see kind of the vision for for the brand and like who for gravity is coming together so i mm. actually like one of the pivotal things was at the start of 2019 was taking easy pass through and live population and i made a deal with dave smith at the time worked at rocket genius he runs gravity Wiz, and gravity Wiz ended up uh, acquiring those two products and so getting those out of the way allowed me to focus the product suite a bit more and then later that year through the post status slack 
I discovered Alex Denning of Ellipsis. Ellipsis is a WordPress-focused marketing agency. And I initially, I just started with them. They offer like a marketing audit and strategy service, which I'm like, okay, finally somebody, like I was looking to work with someone for a while on some of this stuff, but couldn't find someone like who understood the WordPress space. So I'm like, now that I finally have that, let me just have them like do an audit, just see like what I can do to like make this business a bit more like a real business. Mm-hmm. And actually, like one of their their most powerful recommendations was uh, fillable PDFs. I was running as like a monthly thing because we were we handle the PDF generation on our end rather than your your local site. And one of the main recommendations was like, hey, maybe you should switch that to yearly pricing. And the first nine months of the year, that product did about six hundred dollars in revenue. And then the last three months of the year, after switching to yearly, it did ten thousand. Uh, revenue over those three months and that's when i knew like okay like i i really got something here what you why know? do you think why do you think that was what was the the sort of static pricing versus the the yearly pricing i think it's one of those issues where if you're doing monthly pricing every month you have to convince that person that the service is worth it oh you were at than, monthly pricing sorry yeah so you were at feel, monthly yeah it. and so like because the idea was like looking at other services not necessarily in the wordpress space but other services that did that kind of like document generation they were definitely more like hey like you can have like unlimited templates but you can like only generate these many documents per month if you go over that limit here's how much it is and it's like um, a monthly fee so i'm like okay like let me emulate that that sales plan for this yeah and clearly that does not work in the wordpress space at least for me Uh if I could just challenge for a second, it's not even really a challenge, but help me understand how your thought process goes about this. You say you really understand your customers. When I see product like, well, all of these products really, but fillable PDFs, entry automation, to me, well, let me start with fillable PDFs. Like I look at that and I say, man, this could work. There's so many like traditional markets that are out there that, that that could use this. I, the first thing that comes to mind is like real estate agents, like old fashioned accounting, right? Like what are these forms? What is this paper you have on your desk? Let's get this into a gravity form. And I see that as like, man, what a market that, that could be. But the challenge is, is well, you're, you have to be on gravity forms already. And most of those people aren't gonna understand WordPress. They're not gonna use WordPress for this particular service or solution. They're certainly not gonna have, even if they understood WordPress, what are the chances that they already know about Gravity Forms? Gravity Forms is as big as it is. Your general real estate agent's not gonna know about it. And it's like, how do you find the developer who's talking to those real estate agents or people who are gonna use this, this product in that more traditional sense to really solve that problem? Is that one of the biggest challenges for you? Is that something that, Matt, no, you're crazy. Like, it, it's only really developers that I'm focused on. I, w- I would say def- developers are definitely more of a big, bigger market for us. But we definitely build fillable PDFs to be very approachable by anyone. Like, that's mm-hmm. kind of our leg up compared to other PDF services out there. Some of them, like, you have to know how to use HTML and, and PHP to build, like, a custom template to be able to, to populate that form submission because we're just using like a standard fillable PDF, like a PDF that has like editable fields in it. All you have to do with us is like drag your, your file in to create a new template, 
and we have like a visual mapper that like shows you where those fields are, where you can like select a form field, map it to a PDF field. Like it's very easy to use in, in like get up and going. For us, it's, it's not as much of a hurdle of like finding like the basic users. It's trying to get those users that don't already have gravity forms to mm-hmm. see the value of not just us, but also gravity forms. And that's something we're actively working on is how can we find a way to more easily bring those people in that aren't already on the gravity forms platform? Like how can we bring them along for the ride? Like during that pre-sales process? Yeah. Yeah. I guess what's fresh on my mind, I recently refinanced our homes and the, uh, that's just the, the reams of paper. I mean, you might as well just be cutting down trees in front of my house to create the amount of paper that I had to sign. And I opted into the to the e-sign side of things. So they gave you this option because of COVID and all this stuff. Oh, no. I, I still went through and did all the online forms. And then they still send an attorney to the house to do all the paper. It's like, And I told him, I said, why? Why? <laughs> That's all I have for you is a question is why? Why do I have to do double and why are you bringing all this paper after I did online? And he was like, well, it's just like this beta program that they, they're like, this is ridiculous. Like, you know, just get rid of paper already and just do it digitally. And I guess that's just fresh on my mind because I see all these forms that I fill out. And I'm like, well, man, this would be so much easier if it was just done once. Online. And I don't, I don't even see it just as like cutting down on like the use of paper, which obviously is great. But like one of the things that stands out to me is like one of our earliest fillable PDFs customers, they are a firm that helps with estate planning. And what they would do is like uh, these people who need to like do, do like their wills and stuff, they would call in and they would be with someone on the phone for like an hour and a half, two hours, collecting all the information they need. Then they have to send it back to that person to like review the information, make sure that what was collected was correct. And then they send it internally to a lawyer and like it goes through all this back and forth process. With fillable PDFs, it now allows their customers to just submit that information directly on the site and it goes quickly to the lawyers than it does now, which mm-hmm. has cut down, I think they told us like like a 100 to 200 hours of, of person power per month, just like having to intake that information. So like we're yeah. not just saving on paper, we're saving people's time. Yeah. So is that, we started to hint at that uh, a few minutes ago, but when you make the connection of a perfect customer for 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 gravity uh it's it's the developer who's solving these problems for that type of user like the estate planning company that uh, that you just mentioned yeah is and that usually, how you pinpoint yeah and usually a lot of the time like for a place like that like that person's in-house sometimes it's not necessarily it. like an agency Got but it. there's definitely some like small business owners that are just doing it all themselves that are getting in there and like we we help them out with like some of the wordpress basics sometimes like they can like get up and running but we we run the gambit from like small business owner like up to enterprise and government yeah and and when you get into that field this so that's an interesting space and and i'm gonna hopefully tie this into like pricing and 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 how you've come up with well pricing for all the products plus your bundle and stuff and stuff like that i've always said this and I'm sure you've seen this too, especially coming from uh, Rocket Genius, that there's a there's a sweet spot for these plugins to go upstream, especially into enterprise, into into government, where it's like, man, they would just laugh if you, if your add-on was fifty nine dollars, they wouldn't even look at you. If it's fifty nine hundred dollars for the year then they'd say, okay, maybe this person's got something. And even then they might be like, this is still too small for our operation. But 
how did how do you balance that when it comes to I don't know security, critical code deployments, all this stuff. If you're in the government, if you're in the bigger business side, have you seen any of that and sort of distilled that into where you're at with pricing today? Like, oh no, there's a certain person out here who's who's used to paying a lot more, so we're going to charge pretty premium for our plugin. We we haven't really noticed that any like most of that the the questions around that is less about the actual price and more about like hey, we are in the government and we have to do like this crazy process to purchase stuff. Can you help us with that? Like we can't just put a credit card in on your website. Like that's Mm. more of the issue we see. But we definitely, it helps that Gravity Forms is a premium WordPress product and not a a free product. So like there's already that barrier to entry for the customer and, and the pricing. And like we also like price ourselves accordingly. Like we're going for a certain kind of customer but also like the value our products provide, I feel is worth the money that we're asking. Like think about like that, that estate planning business that is saving like 100 to 200 hours of person time per month, like not having to get on the phone with those people. I think that's worth like $249 a year for, for a, a fillable PDFs license. Like you, you get that value like instantly. Yeah, yeah. That's a lesson right there. You've associated with, it's kind of funny. It's It's, it's kind of weird to be in this world where sometimes when you're associated with WordPress, the automatic like knee-jerk reaction is, oh, that's just, well, you should be free, right? <laughs> it should just be, everything should just be free or this sort of this cheap, loose, you know, as you go kind of thing. But you're associated with Gravity Forms, right? And then there's all of a sudden the customer changes a little bit because Gravity Forms is premium. There's a little bit of trust baked in there. You have, you mix that with some good branding and, and messaging like you have on your site. And then that's where you can start to, to push the value. Well, not only the value up for the customer, but the, the price uh, of the product, which in the long run is going to start to build you a healthy business. At what point did you convince yourself to do the crazy route of saying, you know what? I'm done here at Gravity Forms. <laughs> I'm going to go and do this on my own. Like, when did all of this branding, messaging, pricing, valuable customers, solving solutions when did it all come to the crossroads and say okay it's time to make this leap late 2020 into like 2021 like i look at the numbers like okay like this can more than just like this can pay me full time and like still have plenty of like profit left over Hmm. so like initially i was thinking like oh at the end of 2021 is like well i will probably start like stepping away and like making that transition and going full-time with for gravity but at the same time at the start of this year i started working again with with alex and the team at ellipsis uh they are offering this new cmo chief marketing officer as a server offering where they essentially we, we work with them in six month chunks and they operate as our cmo so we have they set kpis and we're like we we were tracking multiple metrics and working both it's like improve the marketing plan and just like how do we like at at a business level like improve more and with with the statistics that were were provided there and like the financial modeling that's involved and just like some of the stuff we've been doing early on this year i looked at it and i'm like wait actually i think i could like go full-time now and not just i could go full-time now but if i did go full-time now this unlocks a lot more time for me to do a lot more things to push our revenue even further. Yeah. 
what, how did you prioritize the things that could, like when you finally said, yep, yeah, I'm going to go full time, what were the first few things that you tackled that really moved the needle? Honestly, it's hard to say because I've only really been full time for two weeks now. <laughs> but, but like a lot of it right now has just been kind of getting our ducks in a row a little bit of like thinking like, okay, like here's, here's things that we've been wanting to do like once taking that leap going full time. So like starting to like do a lot of that planning and just going through our issue backlog a, a little bit and just getting a lot of like the minor stuff and minor customer annoyances out of the way. So we can start to focus on a lot of the larger plans we have. Yeah. Well, obviously you said you, you were working with the team at Ellipsis, sort of this virtual CMO sort of standpoint. You have an interesting, and, I, and I'm curious your thoughts on this. Do you ever boxed in? It might not be the right word but or the right phrase, but you have three available plugins and products to buy right now. You can bundle and save on all of them. I'm looking at the bundle and save pricing page right now, $7.99 for the year to up to 50 websites. Do you ever feel like, oh man, the fourth product is going to have to fit in here and sort of jive with the rest of this? Like you can't really, I don't know, come up with just a straight up payment gateway add-on or you know something crazy like that, Shopify thing, because you're sort of building these three plugins to all sort of be this cohesive bundle or you're like, hey, whatever, if I come up with the fourth one, it's a fourth one. If it's a standalone site, it's a standalone site. How do you think about that? That's actually when we were building the bundle, something I was thinking about a bit because I feel like there is something missing that really, like they all work together well and they're all very like business automation and data right. focused, but there's something that's like really missing tying the three of them together and i think that like our mystical fourth project or fourth product that will happen next year is what's really going to bring everything together in a major mm. way mm. so there already is a fourth product on its on its way on its way yeah it's definitely still in in planning stages because we didn't think we there was going to be the time available to really go like all the way into it but yeah i'm very excited for it it's not something i will it it's very ambitious, so it's not something I'm willing to like go super in depth on. But we're definitely it'll be a nice foundation to to the rest of this yes. and start to make sense a lot more. And it's going to help you look at your Grabby Forms data in a different way. Cool, cool. Well, we're excited to yeah. see what that is, and that'll probably make a lot more sense. And of course, then at that point, if you ever launch another product, then you know there's a balancing act. I think yeah. Delicious Brains does it fairly well they starting you're starting to see the integration of all of this stuff played nicer together i i i would have imagined wp migrate or wp db migrate pro like my big tinfoil hat again for those of you who have never heard of delicious brains they do a whole bunch of things and they're now the owners of advanced custom fields they have this plugin called i think it's wp db migrate pro right off the top of my head yeah i, I would have i would have imagined their add-ons, especially that one, would have been more tightly integrated into SpinUp WP, which is a hosting product. Like I'd imagine those two worlds colliding really, colliding really well. Can you even say that? Coming together really well. So yeah, but but I I think that when you can kind of start to make the connection across the board on all of your plugins or products, things really take a turn for growth and an expectation across the company. Because I definitely don't just see it as like, how do they work together, like technically, but like, what's the story that we're telling right? overall between between the product suite? Yeah. 
What what's what has been the biggest surprise uh, for you when you look back at the hey Emily, I'm doing a thousand bucks a month, which is definitely respectable. Look, any if you can sustain a lemonade stand these days with the with the amount of competition that is out there and the amount of attention pulling you're off you're off to a great start there's tons of people out there that would be super happy with just making a thousand bucks a month in a plug-in itself as a side gig what's the biggest surprise that you've seen coming from the early days to where you're at least two weeks into your new freedom of remote operation that you've seen so far i didn't think pricing would make that big of a difference Ah. Changing that one fillable PDFs from monthly to yearly pricing really woke me up yeah. to like how much of an impact pricing can make. Did you get feedback directly from the customers? Like, did they say, oh, it's about time you did this? <laughs> or, no, or did they just and, vote and, with their wallets? And I don't even remember anybody around them being like, hey, I was looking at your site the other day and like there was different pricing. Like there wasn't even any of that. Like sales just took off. Yeah. That's a thing. Like we get into our own heads, right? We're like, oh God, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to change this one pixel on the website and somebody's going to come out of the woodwork and start complaining or say something. And we sort of just talk ourselves off of making uh, change that's worthwhile, Rise, raising the price, right? We're all afraid of doing that because we're just like, oh God, what's gonna happen? People are gonna complain, no one's gonna buy. Sure enough, people start buying. <laughs> and then that's, like, and then you start getting the better customer, which is the most important part. It's the better customer. And the worst case scenario is like you raise your price, it doesn't go well for a month, and then you put it, you drop it right back down. And at right. the most, like maybe <laughs> like you discount those people that spent like a little more, you discount them into the future to like get them back down to the current price. Yeah. Like, that's literally the worst case. The best case is, guess what? You like now get to charge more for your product, which is like a pricing experiment we ran earlier this year. Like we raised our, our low end price from 99 to 129 and we just like, hey, let's try for 45 days to see if it'll work. And by the end of week two, we definitely knew it worked. Yeah, on, on the journey, what you've done here is you've illustrated what a lot of folks hope to do. They have their they have their day job. They've identified it's something on the side. This thing on the side really started working. You get to a point where, okay, this is a serious business. You invest in marketing. You invest in making more products. One of the things you said to me in the pre-interview was the biggest challenge right now is the focus. I know, again, it's only been this short two weeks, but how have you dealing with focus? What is the challenge of focus for you right now? Even within the two weeks, it's been hard to focus. <laughs> like, I know, like, there's pull request reviews waiting for me that, like, I haven't even it touched yet because, like, hey, what if I just open my own pull request? Some of it now is just trying to find the right process to to put around things that make sense. I'm not, I'm not crazy about, like, going overboard with process. Like, I don't think, like, an agile development environment is great. But you have to have some structure to it, right? Like you can't just be going purely off of intuition. So it's just trying to figure some of that out and also just like doing more reading and stuff and figuring out like, okay, like now that I'm running a business and actually like have people dependent on me for their salaries, like how do I actually run this thing for real? Right. And not just as like this thing that I'm actually using to like learn more about marketing, learn more how to provide support, learn how to run a business in general. Like I've gotten to that point. Like now it's time to like do it for real. Uh, I don't have it written down, but I think you mentioned it to me. You do have somebody working with you or is it all you right now? Yeah, so it's been throughout this, uh, since the middle of last year, it's been three of us. So we, I work with Yoren Chang. She is a developer actually over at Rocket Genius. 
Uh, she's on the operations team, so she does. She's a contractor. She does uh, a lot of our development on our products. And then my friend Carl Potter, I've known him since uh, like 2007 or so. We worked uh, together at a WordPress agency before he joined Rocket Genius. And along with me going full-time, he is also actually leaving Rocket Genius and joining for Gravity full-time as well. And he's going to be focusing more on the customer side, like helping improve documentation, handling all the support requests, the onboarding, all that, all that fun stuff. Yeah, because usually the challenge, I think, for most plugins that start to hit a stride and start to grow into a, quote, real business, is that support side, right? Getting somebody who understands it, getting somebody who understands WordPress, yeah. somebody who understands the user, and that's and generally me, the challenge. And, and more importantly to me, like I feel like you can train like a lot of people like how to use WordPress and like how to understand the products. For me, it's more important, like, I enjoy working with this person. Like, I can trust, like, what I say to them, like, stays between us, like, that kind of thing. I value that yeah. way more than necessarily someone's WordPress experience. Yeah. And I'm assuming your operational stack, if you will, is the traditional sort of, hey, we all communicate on Slack, we jump on Zoom for meetings, and then for support, we're using, like, a Help Scout or a Zendesk or something. Is Do I have that just about right? Yeah, we use Help Scout. Like, if, if we're meeting, we use Google Meet because... I don't want to pay for it to go longer than 45 minutes in those meetings. A lot of Google business uh, operations. Well, it's like, do I want to pay for Zoom or do I want to pay for Dropbox? Like, which one's yeah. more valuable here? <laughs> but yeah, like generally that. And like, I try to keep everything like discussion and, and issue related in GitHub because like the majority of what we're doing is, is code based. So it's easier to like when you're linking issues to pull requests and everything just closes on its own. But we do use uh, Basecamp a little bit uh, when we work with our design for handling non-code related tasks and we use uh, Sketch nice. on the design side. Yeah. Very nice. Is there one lesson that you think the young the young you needs to hear right now if the young you is listening to this or somebody <laughs> like you in your position who is really thinking about giving it a go today or even if for somebody who's been doing it for a year now, is there one big walk away lesson you'd have from all of this? It would probably like take the jump sooner. I probably could have made the leap full time a lot earlier than I did, mm. but maybe I would not have been as prepared. It's 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 really tough. It's like to yeah. figuring out what the right time is to make that leap, yeah. and I feel like that's something you don't hear a lot of people in the WordPress space talking about more. Like you hear, like you see at the end of the year, like people doing like their year end wrap ups. Like Pippin does it a lot and says like, "Hey, here's how Sandhills has done in the past year." The only issue there is like he has a very well established business for like many years now. You don't hear as much about the people like myself at the beginning, like that first year, the second year, where you're kind of stumbling a bit and like understand, like if more people were talking about it, we probably, you could look at it and be like, oh, actually this stumbling is very normal. Like I'm actually yeah. doing all right. Like this is, I should be more confident than I am. Yeah. Yeah, the worst thing that we can do is, it's like everything, everything in life is like comparing yourself to, to somebody else who's who's already been doing it now for a yeah. decade, right? Or over a decade. I like, I, like to, I like to play golf, but I'm terrible. And I'm like, I'm just I'm looking at people on TV. I'm like, look how easy it is. You just swing the club and hit the ball. Like, why can't I? Oh, yeah, because they've been doing it all their lives and they practice uh, about a thousand hours a day. That's why they're that good. 
Exactly. It's like, why? Hey, I've only been running this business for six months. Why am I not making a million dollars yet? What right. am I doing wrong? <laughs> Travis, well, we'll have you back in a year to see where you're at, see where that fourth mysterious product is. Where can folks find you to say thanks for hanging uh, out? You can find me on Twitter, Travis Lopes, L-O-P-E-S. Um, and then you can find like all of our, our products at forgravity.com, F-O-R-G-R-A-V-I-T-Y.com. Same handle on Twitter, Facebook, GitHub, and all that stuff. We got some, some good stuff coming soon for entry automation. We're going to do some stuff around uh, like drip notifications and delayed notifications on your gravity forms, which I think will be really helpful with, with helping people convert on their forms. And then like kind of going back to like what you were saying, like when you were refinancing on a lot of that paper and like that e-sign process, we're actually looking to take fillable PDFs. Like we're, we're tr looking at like kind of like that DocuSign route. Mm. Where you can like have that like step through process of like one person signs another person signs, it generates a document. But like, what can you do like with that within the gravity form space? Because like on DocuSign, like you sign the document, it's done. But using fillable PDFs and gravity forms, like you can have people go through that document signing process, have the PDF generated, but then you can do all this crazy other stuff like sending that PDF to your CRM or like having them make a payment. And I think it'll be really powerful. Nice. Sell it to, to the real there. Sell it to the real estate com uh, companies and the banks. My God, just get it working so I don't have to have somebody come and sign three thousand papers on my dining room table. Forgravity.com. Check it out. Forgravity.com because it's four gravity forms. Maybe uh, another form in the plug-in in the future or. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see where the path takes us. <laughs> we'll see where that mysterious fourth plugin brings us. Maybe our, it might have to be the seventh plugin that you launch is, is what's going to bring us over to another plugin. Everybody else is MattReport.com, MattReport.com slash subscribe to join the mailing list. Don't forget to tune in weekly to your five minute or less dose of WordPress news at the WPMinute.com.